Welcome to Alone at the Table. In this podcast, I play solo tabletop RPGs, and I invite you along for the experience. My name is Audrey. Today's game is With Breath and Sword by Luca Brave. Welcome to season two, everybody. I know that there are some stories from last season that haven't wrapped up yet, and I will get back to those as bonus episodes this season, but I'm excited to play a ton of new games. Luca Brave is a game designer whose games I have played before. Last season, I played Lullaby Nights. What I really enjoy about Luca's games is the fact that they are often powered in a way that I wouldn't expect and that they are very reflective and specifically they ask you to be like present in yourself. And this game is no exception. With Breath and Sword is a solo game that is currently crowdfunding on Kickstarter until January 16th. It uses real-life therapeutic calming techniques in play to help you calm yourself. I think it's a really neat exercise as someone who has anxiety to play a game that is specifically built on the idea that you could pull this out when you need to calm down. I don't know that I personally would have the presence of mind to do so, but I also am a longtime therapy veteran who is familiar with the techniques presented in this game, so I can call upon them fairly easily if I need to. The premise of this game is that you are a monster fighter and you are called upon to fight a monster again. And I'm just going to go ahead and read the intro, I think. You find yourself now tied to the monsters. The scratchy feeling in your chest, the way your hands tremble, the sweat that dots your upper lip when your senses are telling you a monster is close again, now, and it's your job to fight it. Whether you tame it, or this is truly a monster that needs to be slain, only time will tell. You know you will succeed. You always have before. But that doesn't mean it won't be a challenge. Grab your gear. Put on your boots. You know how to find it. You know what to do. First, you just need to steady yourself. I should mention that I have a playtest version of the game, and so there are potentially going to be some changes in the final version. I know that I'm not reading games cover to cover on this show, but just in case anything that I do read or that I do describe as I'm playing changes, understand that that's because this is a playtest version. One thing I want to note about this game is that it does specify that if anything in the game is causing you to become more anxious, you should stop playing or choose a different option in the mechanics if you want to keep playing. I thought that this was a good consideration because as someone who has anxiety, pretending to have anxiety can sometimes trigger an actual anxiety attack, which is not super fun, (laughs) but I am, again, pretty well versed in my mental illness at this point, and so I am able to recognize when that is happening. So if I encounter anything like that in the game, I will take a pause. Step one. There is a feeling within you that tells you a monster is nearby. For me, this feeling is a tightness in my chest, a pressure like I'm being squeezed, and my breath, every breath is an effort. I'm supposed to take note of the different sections of my body and how they feel. And I've been experiencing some work stress this week, so this is a good opportunity for me to actually practice some mindfulness to maybe 
relieve some of that stress. So I'm going to do a meditative technique called a body scan. I'm feeling a little bit of pressure in my head. My jaw is loose, which is nice. My shoulders are tight. My arms feel fine. They're there. My hands feel the same. Sometimes when I do a body scan, I get a tingly feeling in the parts of my body that I'm focusing on. That's happening in my hands right now. My hips, my legs, those all feel fine. My chest is a little tight. I'm sure that that's from thinking about it in the exercise. My knees are a little sore, which I'm chalking up to the rain. Step two, take a deep breath, as deep as you can. Hold it for just a few seconds, and then push your breath out slowly. Monsters are scary no matter how many times you have fought them, but you have always survived them, and you will again. Step three, you must prepare yourself before you leave to fight the monster. This is the 54321 exercise. You're cataloging your senses. It can help ground you if you are having anxiety um, or like dissociating. Just want to note, and this is something that is noted in the text as well, because Luca is a um, professional <laughs> um, in terms of, you know, therapeutic techniques. So this is not a helpful technique if you have trauma responses like PTSD. It can make you even more hyper aware. So just a note. This is the section where the things that I can see, touch, hear, smell, and taste are going to help define the fight and how it goes. So five things that I can see. Christmas decor that I haven't taken down. My books. I am in my library. My dog. The remnants of a bunch of fluff on the floor that she destroyed a toy for. A hummingbird feeder outside my window. Four things I can touch. My dog. She's soft. Curled up right now. This office chair, which has a rough texture. It's upholstery. My hair, which is buzzed right now. And the shag rug I have in here. Three things I can hear. Trucks on the highway far away. The boards of this old house settling. My dog breathing. 
two things I can smell. My coffee. <laughs> That's the strongest one. I don't remember what wax melt I have on the candle warmer, but it smells kind of earthy. And one thing I can taste, that would also be my coffee. Step four, you will have to fight a monster and you are nearly ready to leave. The following charts will aid you in determining how the story progresses. Each of the sensations you encountered will correspond to a different part of the story. So this is the part that's kind of cool, is corresponding the things that I just noted in that exercise to items on these charts. Thing I can taste. Um, well, my coffee today is sweet because I did put creamer in it, which means that my heroic core, the thing that makes me feel heroic, is compassion. I am compassionate. Uh, the three things I can hear are my ideals as a hero. So I said, let's see, I'm looking at what else is on this chart. Pets. Um, my One of my ideals is companionship, which is nice. I do like that. Um, transportation is what I'm going to count those highway trucks as, which is adventure. Hmm. There isn't really anything on here that I think would correspond to the house settling. So I think I'm going to go with white noise kind of as a catch-all. That's always a background sound in my life. And also the other thing that I can hear is my tinnitus, which sucks, but that is kind of white noise also. So <laughs> peace is my third ideal. So I've ended up with companionship, adventure, and peace. Four things I could touch. Um, so I said rough for this upholstered chair, which is I'm going to say a traveling pack. Um, let's see. Soft. That's my puppy. Um, actually, that's the rug, I think. Soft is the rug. Um, so that's an old toy. We'll say the puppy is warm. She's not a puppy. She's old. I just call her a puppy, um, which means I have rations, which is great. Um, and then the other thing I touched was my hair. So coarse um, that's a helmet. So I have a pack, a helmet, an old toy, and rations. This person is really coming together for me. So as, as an adventurer, I think that they're a person, um, who has a love for animals and community and friends, but then the sense of adventure that they're seeking is, I think that maybe they feel most at peace and at home when they are having new experiences. Um, they just prefer to have those experiences with others. Let's see. I think the old toy that they've brought with them is, I mean, it's got to be a stuffed animal, right? Like it's a, it's a stuffed dragon, I think, uh, an old one with buttons for eyes. So this environment that I am in to fight this monster, things you can smell. I put, let's see, so my coffee which is, um, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily associate, I'm going to say pungent because coffee, I make my coffee really strong, so it has a very strong smell. Um, that means that this place is somewhere of importance. And then the other thing I said was my, my wax melt, which is kind of earthy. So natural, which is now overgrown. So I think that this is, um, 
I mean, it, it was once the seat of power, right? Like it's a throne room that's now overgrown. Maybe there's some um, tree seedlings coming up. The throne's covered in vines um, and sunlight's filtering in. Then five things I can see. Object traits. Wow, there's a lot of them here. Okay, so um, I got to remember what I said I could see. My books was one. We're going to say colorful. So the monster has psychic abilities. Christmas decor, I'll go with patterned, which is uh, it's camouflaged also. So that's two things. Um, I said I could see my dog. She was round at the time. So it has a snapped chain around it. Mm, poor thing. Um, my hummingbird feeders outside, they are currently broken. So it has an injury also. The fluff everywhere. Oh, we'll do that one as, as the damaged injury. We'll do the hummingbird feeders, uh, which are angular. It has big teeth. Okay. Step five, you are almost ready to leave. You have your gear, you know what you fight for, and you know what you fight. You must steady yourself. So this is a breathing in technique. You breathe in for four seconds, hold for seven, breathe out for eight. This is sometimes called circular breathing. All right, I have done the breathing twice, which means my fight is going to go as practiced. Step six. This is where I'm going to tell you what uh, what happens. So I think my, my fighter steps into the old throne room, footsteps crunching on leaves and d dirt that has blown in over the flagstones, and this creature is coiled behind the throne. It has massive teeth, and the chain around its neck is unmistakable because it's clanking and jingling. And the thing snarls as I come into the room, so I'm immediately on guard. Um, I have my helmet. I have my rations, which I ate on the way here. <laughs> I have my traveling pack uh, and I my toy. I think that what I do is I take this this toy dragon out. It's sewn over, repaired so many times. It's been restuffed, extra fluffy. It's got the button eyes. And I set it on the floor and I back up and I let this thing, this lizard monster, come out from behind the dais. And I can see that it is missing one of its teeth, maybe more than one, and that they're still freely bleeding. And it scarred the poor thing. And I let it come forward, and its tongue is flicking out, smelling the air, smelling the, the toy. And I think, I think that maybe this adventure like perfumes this toy, just to keep it smelling like home. And that the smell is kind of calming to the monster, which eventually lets the adventurer approach and put a hand on it and free it from its chain. And they leave as companions, which seems appropriate for the traits that my adventure has. I think that they, you know, pack the wounds from the teeth 
and make sure that there's no other like open scars or open sores or anything and help this creature get out of this space that is almost too small for it to have come in. Like it looks like it must have fallen over the top of the walls. Step seven, find the sheet of paper that had a log of your feelings when the monster was summoned. You may read over it again if you wish, but you do not have to. Have those feelings faded? Are they gone or lessened now that the monster has been dealt with? Um, my work stress is still present, but I would say it's not looming. You may in some way get rid of or destroy this sheet of paper. You might rip it up, scribble out all the words until they are unreadable, throw it in the fireplace, or cut it with scissors. After you are done, take a breath, hold it for a moment, and then let it out slow. You have succeeded. You have faced another threat, showed bravery in the face of adversity, and you handled it. You now get to rest. Gather objects of comfort around you. Rehydrate yourself. And that is With Breath and Sword. That was an interesting game to play, I think. It is is blurring the lines a little bit of what is a game and it's kind of gamifying therapy, which is uh, generally called play therapy or narrative therapy. And um, one thing that I like about this game is that Luca has provided like the science behind the techniques used and a little bit about narrative and gameplay, uh, narrative and play therapy rather, at the end of the, the document, which is nice. I think that for me, the destruction of the like anxiety feelings was kind of tough, mostly because if not for playing this game, I tend to not write those feelings down. I tend to just speak them because once I've spoken them, I'm able to stop ruminating on them. But I do know that there is some proven science behind like journaling and then destroying those things. And it is a technique that I have used in the past. I really like that this game encourages you to find alternatives to the fight like it can be a fight if you want if, if you want to draw blood if you want to have it be something where you are almost mortally wounded you know the monster gets away that kind of thing it doesn't matter the point is is that the game is specifying that you survive and I like that up front I like the idea of a game that tells you both what the stakes are and what the outcome is, but you have to determine how to get there because that's the most interesting part of the story to me a lot of the time. This is something I've been thinking about a lot in the past year. Just the idea that if I say up front, your character isn't going to survive this game, what does that mean for the gameplay? And what does that mean for how you tell whatever story or how you interact with the game in a meta way? And I think that in a solo journaling game, especially one about anxiety, it is helpful to know that the outcome is survival. Yeah, this is really hard and your feelings are valid, but you're here and you've survived. And so it's nice to have that articulated in the text. I'm really excited for the Kickstarter campaign. It's fully funded, but again, it's going on until January 16th and it is 
hopefully going to ha- be a very like pretty game um, once it's put together. Please go check out the campaign and you can check out Luca's other games at scicound.itch.io. I'll have a link in the show notes to both the campaign and his itch page. You can find me on Tumblr and itch.io at Lady Tabletop. This show is part of the Moonshot Network, which you can find at moonshotpods.com. We're a group of people creating awesome podcasts, streams, and other content. So check it out. That's it for today's show. Thank you for coming along for the experience. You see, looking up from the ground, blood red clouds boiling across the sky. You did ask me to bring the thunder. <laughs> Dejan! Dejan! Help! I've got the chalice, please! Well, if they're following you, then I guess that takes care of a loose end for me. <laughs> All of you feel the earth beneath you shake and crack and break. I feel that I have failed both of you, and I am sorry for that. This has nothing to do with you being a bad leader. Do you want a countdown? Oh, I think I want a countdown. I want to help. I always had good two, intention. I one. do not deserve to die. Now. The Lucky Die Podcast is a weekly 5e Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Join our adventure every Monday wherever you download podcasts by searching for The Lucky Die.